Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here's your host, Zach Gelb. Then away we go, hour number three of our radio program. That's right, it is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. So, there are a few big reactions from yesterday in the NFL. Clearly, the Buffalo Bills, another horrible uh, loss by Buffalo, where you're going up against a lifeless, anemic Patriot team, and you started to give the Patriots, I don't want to say hope, but signs of looking like they have something on the offensive side of the ball, which I have not seen all throughout the season. So we talked about Buffalo for pretty much a large portion of this show. I'm saying they need some sizzle. They need some pop. Brandon B needs to be aggressively working the phones from now until Halloween with the NFL trade deadline, and he needs to go acquire a Derrick Henry or a Saquon Barkley as well because this Bills team right now, there's so much negativity, and it's pointing to a direction where they're only going to regress. And you look at this Buffalo Bills team, they were in an AFC title game. Then the year after that, 13-second blunder, up against the Chiefs in the divisional round. Terrible coaching decision by Sean McDermott. And then last year, yeah, you could be Kansas City in the regular season, but then come playoff time trying to exact revenge, you didn't even get to a matchup with Kansas City because the Bengals come walking in after, let's be real, a wild card weekend performance that left a, a lot to be desired where you're going up against Skylar Thompson. And remember, Mike McDaniel looked like he was hitting the vape, the, uh, vape pen on the sideline, and you almost lost that game. And the Bengals walked in, and they parked their rear on your couch. They went into your fridge. They ate your sandwich. They drank your beer, and they threw a party in your own home in Buffalo. And going into the season, people were out on the Bills, but we all said, oh, the Bills are a good team. You just didn't believe they could get over the hump. Now they're in danger of no longer being a good team. Like, luckily for them, the AFC is not as strong to the level that we thought it was going to be. But I don't think the Bills are winning this division. I think it's going to be Miami. And then you've got to be one of the three teams remaining to make the wild card. Now, they should be a wild card team. Josh Allen should be able to carry them to the wild card. But that play calling is atrocious. Outside of Allen to Diggs, you don't have a ton on offense. At least Dalton Kincaid got going last week. And you're missing two big pieces on the defensive side of the ball. Unfortunately, Tredavious White's career has been impacted by injury. And Matt Milano, who's a phenomenal linebacker, actually from my hometown of Comac, he's now done too. 
So this team needs an extra player. This team needs some excitement because what we've seen ever since beating the Dolphins has been a team where they finally got some praise and then they started to trend in the wrong direction where they knew that Miami game was big because they were sick and tired even though they were 2-1 and one in their last three matchups up against the Dolphins. People talking more impressed they are with the Dolphins than they were with the Buffalo Bills. Because remember, in that Tua game, the Dolphins won in Miami, but in the other two were close games, Buffalo won. And everyone, including myself, thought Miami was going to win that game and Miami was going to dominate. And then it was the Bills that opened up a serious performance and really smacked up the uh, Miami Dolphins. But with that being said, just because you have an early season beatdown, that doesn't define your season. Because for the Bills going into this season, we all said there's not going to be a whole lot they could do to really impress us. Because it's all about getting the job done in the postseason. Giving us one singular moment that you could impress us in the regular season needs to be followed up. And their last three games, they have now trended in the wrong direction. Where you lose to Jacksonville. And you give us that bullcrap excuse of, oh, we were jet-lagged. Then you barely beat the Giants. You needed the help of the, uh, the officials to get you out of that game in Orchard Park with the victory. But yesterday was the worst loss of them. Because this Patriot team, like at least you could tell me with Buffalo going up against the Giants, oh, Brian Dayball knows you in and out. Knows Josh Allen in and out. The Patriots are a pathetic team this year. And you allow that lasting image be Mac Jones and Mike Gusecki dancing all over your grave? That's a bad job by Buffalo. So it's doom and gloom for the Bills right now. And it's how can you get this team to get a little jolt of energy? And they play Tampa Thursday short week. So maybe it's good that you're in a short week. And then you play the Bengals the week after that. You go beat the Bengals. That's a nice victory for you. Both those teams having question marks. But I think they need another dominant player on the offensive side of the ball. And that's why I've been advocating for the Buffalo Bills to go make a trade for Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley. Who, even though reports would say that it's not the truth, I do think both players are available. Doesn't make any point right now to say that they're available. From now until the trade deadline next week on October 31st, you just have to give up something. Don't make a dumb mistake here. Because you never know how long the window's open. Brandon Bean has to be aggressive here. So let's put aside the Buffalo Bills. And then let's react to the Detroit Lions just getting dominated by the Baltimore Ravens. And also, the Miami Dolphins at times getting back in the game. But the Eagles showing that they're a better team. Let me start off with the positive and we'll get into the negative. Philadelphia is a team that is... Six and one. And they haven't even played their best brand of football yet. And that's a scary thing. We saw the Eagles last year run through the NFC, run through football, and walk to the Super Bowl where they had a lead up against Kansas City. And then Patrick Mahomes did Patrick Mahomes things. But last night, you saw how great this defense has been for the Eagles and what it can be with the Son Reddick coming off the edge. And Hassan Reddick is now back. He was all over the field on Sunday night football. And that's what makes the Eagles scary. Sure, Jalen Hurts is definitely dealing with something. Jalen Hurts is definitely dealing with an injury. But look how many ways the Eagles could beat you. 
They could pound you in the run game behind the best offensive line in football. They could beat you up with DeAndre Swift and Kenneth Gainwell. And then, on the offensive side of the ball, you got Dallas Goddard, who had a big game. You got A.J. Brown, who's a stud, who I still can't believe Tennessee traded him two, three years ago. You got Devontae Smith, who's a really good wide receiver. You just have playmaker after playmaker. And you have such a loaded, deep team. And Jalen Hurts, he is an electric football player. Sure, he can make mistakes. And it cost him a touchdown in the Super Bowl. It cost him a touchdown last night. But he's just a dog, Jalen Hurts. And the defensive side of the ball, they got even more loaded today with the trade that they made. They are just getting buyer from Tennessee. They're just a dominant football team. And that's why when people were nitpicking with the Eagles earlier in the season, oh, they're winning, but they're not winning with style. When did style points ever matter in the NFL? They don't matter. No one looks by, the, by like how you win in the NFL. Just do you win? And to come off a Super Bowl loss, how many times do we see teams just fall off? That's not been the Eagles this year. They're humming at 6-1 and one from a record standpoint, and they haven't even played the best version of themselves. They're the best team in the NFC right now. They are the best team. Like, the 49ers are being hit with the injury bug right now. 49ers, damn good. The Lions, will get to them in a second. As much praise I gave Detroit all throughout last week, Detroit was embarrassing. And it was dumbfounding how Detroit didn't show up in that game. But give credit to the Eagles and also give credit to the Baltimore Ravens yesterday. Because that Ravens team has been torn down. That Ravens team has been maligned. And no one believed in this Ravens team going into this year. Because it was like all the players they were bringing in, they all have injury pass. As long as Lamar Jackson is healthy, as long as number eight is on the field and he's standing out upright, the Ravens could beat anyone in football this year. Because the Ravens have a damn good defense. And then on the offensive side of the ball, look at the way that Lamar just took over that game yesterday. Look at the way where he made sure that the Lions drew in the towel at halftime, going and getting four touchdowns before the end of the first half. He had four total touchdowns in the game. The way he stopped on a dime, running around, extending the play, making garbage out of gold, and then firing a touchdown to Nelson Aguilar was one of my favorite plays of the NFL season. And Mark Andrews, that dude just continues to be a stud week in and week out. So give credit to the Eagles, give credit to the Ravens, the Ravens right now, through the first seven weeks of the season, they are asserting themselves as the second best team in the AFC. Everyone in the AFC is chasing Kansas City. And Kansas City, just like the Eagles, hasn't played their best brand of football. And I believe Kansas City's offense can get to a higher level than what they're putting on the field. And the thing that no one's talking about Kansas City is their defense is showing up this year. Their defense is playing this year. And their defense has saved that team multiple times. Just go back and look at the Jacksonville game. That offense didn't play well for Kansas City up against the Jaguars. And you had a Kansas City team hold Jacksonville to three field goals to make it nine points. But getting to the two teams that went down yesterday, two teams that have been hyped up a lot, the Miami Dolphins and the Detroit Lions. Dolphins going to be an in-season hard knocks. That was announced today by the NFL. What are your expectations for these teams the rest of the way. I look at Miami. Their offense is as good as any offense in the league. Last night, they weren't able to protect Tua. That's a problem. But throughout the year, that offensive line has been really good. Tyree Kill is one of the more feared and explosive players in football. 
That defense, it was good to see Jalen Phillips make a play because now he's back. You need him to be dominant. Jalen Phillips may be the biggest key this year for the Dolphins if, if they're able to get to a Super Bowl. Because you know what Tua's going to do if healthy. You know what Tyree Kill is capable of. I know Waddle's dealing with an injury too. Most are to stud. You can put any running back in there and you'll eventually get back A-Chan and you got Jalen Ramsey who was getting into with the Eagles fans. He's supposed to come back and now he has 21 days to get to the active roster coming off the injury list. But Jalen Phillips, what Hassan Reddick did for the Eagles last year is what Jalen Phillips could do for the Dolphins this year. And you need him to be healthy and you need him to be great. This Dolphins team though, they're going to be a playoff team. They should win the AFC East. They could get to a Super Bowl, but they got to start beating some teams because the teams that they've beat this year, they have not been considered great teams. Like you beat the Chargers. The Chargers aren't making the playoffs as long as Staley's still the coach. You beat the Patriots. They stink. Yeah, you put up 70 points against the Broncos. Impressive, incredible, but Denver stinks against a a Buffalo team that's not even looking like a good team this year, you lost 48-20. to Beat the Giants. Beat the Panthers. Two bad football teams. And up against the Philadelphia Eagles, you lose 31-17. to So the questions are going to come, can Miami beat the elite teams? And you have one more. Actually, you have... A few more opportunities to show that this year. Yeah, you'll crush New England next week. Then you play Kansas City in Germany. Let's see if you get the job done up against Kansas City. You know, there's no statements to be made against the Raiders, the Jets, Washington, Tennessee, the Jets again. Even Dallas. Dallas a good team, not a great team. But then you end the season with Baltimore and Buffalo. And those could be some appetizers for the teams that you're going to face come postseason time. So if Miami really wants to just show that they're not only a good team, but they could be a great team. You got to take two out of three against Kansas City, Baltimore, and Buffalo, depending on how much the Baltimore and Buffalo games mean in the final two weeks of the season. Now, as for the Lions, bad loss for the Lions yesterday. They didn't even show up. But with the Lions, it shows this. Home field advantage is going to be enormous for them. And I know their previous loss did come at home in overtime where Tyler Lockett walked it off for the uh, Seattle Seahawks up against the Detroit Lions. But Jared Goff in not the greatest conditions yesterday, outside of a dome, that offense did not look good. I know more of yesterday is the statement from Lamar, the statement from the Ravens, and the coming out party for the Ravens in the year of 2023. This Detroit Lions team, there will be questions about them. Because similarly to the uh, Miami Dolphins, you'll look at them and you'll say who they beat. And sure, the Lions beat the Chiefs, but it was without Kelsey. It was also uh, without Chris Jones. You lose to Seattle. You beat Atlanta. Atlanta won the NFC South, in my opinion, but they're not this great team. You beat Green Bay. They're not good. You beat the Panthers. They're not good. You know, Tampa Bay could be the team that wins the NFC South if it's not Atlanta, but it's not as if Tampa Bay is this consistent, well-rounded football team, and you lost to the Ravens. The problem for the Lions is if you don't think they could win a Super Bowl. I don't think any game on the rest of their schedule is going to make you believe it until they're actually in the Super Bowl. Because the rest of the way, they play the Raiders. They play the Chargers. They still have the Bears twice. You play Green Bay. You play New Orleans. You play Denver, Minnesota twice, and the Cowboys. When your best remaining opponents 
are the Cowboys and the Chargers, there's not a lot, a lot that you could do. So win the games that you're expected to win. And I'm not saying you have to win every week. They are expected to win all these games throughout the rest of the season. But go get home field advantage. Go win 13, 14 games and have Detroit rocking. So let's look at expectations for the rest of the year. Guys, I'll ask you this. Let me start with you, Boyle. What's a successful season the rest of the way for the Miami Dolphins, in your opinion? Successful? Yes. Would be to win the AFC East and make the... I would say successful is to make the AFC Championship game. Okay. Samter, what's a successful season for the Dolphins the rest of the way? I would agree with that. I think if they lose in the divisional round and it's a tight game it and matters they how they, they belong and it's, maybe it's on the road in Kansas City or something, then that you can still walk away as a Dolphin fan happy. But I think with what the expectations are now, I think temper, expectations are tempered. The two teams that they went against, like you've said, that were good, the Eagles and the Bills. They and I can't even call the Bills. the Bills good right now. True, but like at the time, we all thought the Bills yeah. were maybe their best competition. They haven't shown up in like the biggest games, and they were okay against the Eagles, but that game wasn't as close as the score made it seem, at least in the first half. So I think that I'm tempering expectations a little bit more, but I would say divisional round for sure, ASU championship game would be like a success. So, so success. I'm with Boyle. I think they got to win the division. They got to get to an ASC title game. Because Kansas City is the only team without question that's better than them. You know, I do think after yesterday, you make the case for the Ravens. But if your best competition in your way is the Ravens, the Bills, like the Bengals, and they get their act together, you know, the Jaguars. If you're that good of a team, you should be able to get to an AFC title game. And if you lose to Kansas City, you lose to Kansas City. Now, how about the Lions? Team that has not. Won their division since 93. They're going to do that this year. They haven't won a playoff game since 1991. Boy, I'll ask you the same question. What's a successful year for the Detroit Lions? They have to win the division, which it looks like by That's all, a lock. Yeah. It, it, I, well, not a lock. We think that... You Who know, else minute, do you buy stock in in that division? What do you say? Who else do you buy stock in in that division? Uh, definitely not Green Bay. <laughs> I would say Minnesota, if Justin Jefferson comes back in three weeks and they're not going to win tonight, I wouldn't say. But, you know, you look at the rest of their schedule at the Packers, at the Falcons versus the Saints, at the Broncos versus the Bears, at the Raiders. Those are the next six games after that. If they can win four of those. They're two and four. Yeah. You know they're losing They easily tonight. could be six and six in five, you know, six, seven weeks from now. And Justin Jefferson comes back, and they get on a run. The Lions are going to have like ten, I, so the Lions are going to have ten, eleven wins by Thanksgiving. It I don't seems think like. it's, I don't think Detroit again. I, I'm not fully buying stock. I think they win the division. I'm not saying it's okay. a lock, though. I'm not saying it's, it's an absolute lock. guarantee. They have to win the division. You can lock it up. Successful for them then would be to get to the divisional round, which okay. you know they would have to win one playoff game. They're not better than the Eagles. They're not better than the 49ers. So. I don't see them beating either of those teams in the playoffs, um, and they're going to get one of them if they, you know, if they get to the divisional round. Samter, so. your, your success for the Lions is what? Same as Boyle? Same thing. Divisional round, you have to win a playoff game. You have to win a playoff game. Yeah, if they, if they don't win a playoff game, now Lomas Brown said that to me before the start of the season, it would, and I thought he was crazy. I thought just make the playoffs that successful season. Now expectations have changed, where, yes, the Eagles and the 49ers still expect to get to the NFC Championship game. I know the Lions really haven't beat anyone outside of Kansas City, but without their two players... If you're not in the divisional round, yeah, that's going to 
that's going to be really miserable for it's Detroit It's also because fans. of that franchise. Because they, have nev- they haven't won a playoff game in so long that they, they're just itching for it. So, like, if they walk away with all this hype and all these expectations and they don't win a playoff game, as good as this team is, it's going to be considered one of the biggest disappointments I, I could imagine for this fan base in a long time. They have 10 games remaining. So, Raiders, Chargers, Bears twice, uh, Green Bay, New Orleans, Denver, Minnesota, Dallas, Minnesota. They got to go like against those, like I'm saying, eight and two against those those teams in those ten games. You know, seven and three at most. This should be a football team where like you're only looking at three or four losses. So only have three or four losses, and then also you got to get to the divisional round and show up in the divisional round too. All right, we'll take a break. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two forty two twenty seven. We'll get to a no huddle offense next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as thirty minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have forty-seven new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All righty, let's get to a week seven edition of No Huddle Offense. Touchdowns, sacks, upsets, and last-minute heroics. Another NFL Sunday is in the books, and we've got you covered with the biggest plays and sound bites from another wild week in the National Football League. It's time for No Huddle Offense on the Zach Gelb Show. Let's start it off at MetLife Stadium where the New York football giants were hosting the Washington Commanders. Commanders entered this game 3-3. Three and three. The Giants entered this game 1-5. and five. And it was the Giants who found the way behind a Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley touchdown to get 14 points. The Commanders are only able to put up Seven points on the scoreboard. One did come off the legs of Brian Robinson Jr. Sam Howell in the game, 22 of 42, 249 yards, no touchdowns and an interception. He was also sacked six times as he continues to get abused by opposing teams' defenses. Dexter Lawrence, Sexy Dexy had two sacks in the game. And even Kayvon Thibodeau, who has been disappointing so far in his first two years in the NFL, he did have a sack and a half, but... The story for the Giants, Saquon Barkley, 77 rushing yards, three catches, 41 yards, and this touchdown. Let's listen up to the Giants radio network. Taylor over center, play fake, back to throw. 
steps up, dumps it underneath, completes it to Barkley, runs out of a tackle, he's to the 10, he's to the 5, he's in for the touchdown! Saquon from 32 yards out! And the Giants take the lead 13-0. They haven't scored a first half touchdown all year, they've got two here in the first half. So look at that, the Giants haven't scored a first half touchdown all year until yesterday where they scored two. And Danny Dimes, well, he wasn't there for the Giants yesterday dealing with the injuries. Maybe touchdown Tarad should be their starter moving forward. That's not going to be the case. But he did what, he did have a game of 18-29, 279 yards, two touchdowns. And you can make a case, and it shows you how abysmal and how dull this offense has been, that the Giants offense has looked better under Tarad Taylor than Daniel Jones. Because outside of the second half, up against the Arizona Cardinals, this Giants offense under Daniel Jones has been terrible this year. So this week, you have a big game in New York. It's Jets and Giants. If Daniel Jones is cleared to go and it was expected he's going to make his return for this Jet game, that was the chatter before the game, Brian Dayball has an interesting decision to make. I do think they'll go back to Daniel Jones. You paid Daniel Jones, and we know Terod Taylor is just a journeyman quarterback. But if Daniel Jones comes back and he gets abused, by this great Jet defense, and he doesn't play well. Oh, it's going to be a tough uh, 24-48 hours for Daniel Jones, and I would advise him not to turn on the radio, especially in New York. Let's go to Lions and the Ravens. What a dominant victory for the Ravens. They're up 28 to nothing at halftime, and Lamar Jackson was Superman. Looked like a video game, ran around the field, extended the play, and then found Nelson Aguilar in the end zone. And you know it's a good day for the Ravens when Nelson Aguilar actually catches a football and doesn't drop it. Let's listen up. This is Jerry with the G, Jerry Sandusky on the Ravens Radio Network. Lamar escaping the pocket, spins his way, extending to the right side. Settles his feet, lops in the back of the end zone. Touchdown, Nelson Aguilar! And Lamar Jackson delivered for a second time in the red zone today. The NFL MVP is going to be a fascinating discussion. Because each and every week, and I know it's still early in the season, I feel like there's a different name. Still the betting favorite is Patrick Mahomes at plus 250. I think Mahomes needs to have a perfect season almost for him to win the MVP just because where the standards are and certain guys that applies to, like uh, Tom Brady, everything had to go right for him for him to win the MVP. But I look at uh, a guy like Patrick Mahomes, that offense hasn't played at the level that they're capable of, so I don't think they're going to win the MVP. I don't think he's going to win the MVP this year. If it comes down to Dolphins players, I think Tua and Tyree Kill are going to split the vote, and I would personally go more Tyree Kill than Tua Tungavailoa. Jalen Hurts, I know he's at plus 500, but he hasn't had a great enough season yet to warrant the MVP. And then you get Lamar Jackson at plus 750. I think that's the bet. If the Ravens win this division, which they should, and they're like the two seed in the AFC, and Lamar continues to do what he did yesterday, it's going to be tough not to give Lamar Jackson his second MVP trophy. Falcons and Buccaneers. The Falcons edge out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 16-13. to 13. They almost lost the game because of the incompetence of their offense. We'll get to that in just a second. But this is the game winner from Young Way Koo, 51 yards out. So it's a 51-yard try from Koo to win. Snap, spot, kick from Koo is away, and it is good. Fly home safely, Atlanta. 16-13 is the final in Tampa. So I have a problem with Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter. I don't understand the approach of Arthur Smith, where he's trying to make Desmond Ritter the franchise quarterback, and he's not just playing to the team that he has. 
They've been throwing the football way too many times with Desmond Ritter this season. And the handling of the Bijan Robinson situation yesterday was crazy. So he was active and he barely played in the game and they said he wasn't feeling well. So was it an injury? Was him just being sick? The whole thing was bizarre, but even when he has Bijan Robinson, the guy doesn't utilize him the way that he should be using him. And Desmond Ritter, it's weird to me, and it's confusing to me why they're asking him to do so much, and he almost fumbled the game away yesterday. He had three fumbles in the red zone, two at the one-yard line. Like, you fumble the ball once at the one-yard line, it's inexcusable, but you do it twice in the same game, it's inconceivable. And then he fumbled at the 11 and 12, or 11 or 12-yard line as well. Desmond Ritter can hold back the Atlanta Falcons, but they're loaded with talent. Like that defense, Nielsen, the defensive coordinator, has done a wonderful job in his first year replacing Dean Pease. And then you have Kyle Pitts. You got Drake London, who's having a good season. You got Bijan when he's healthy. Tyler Algier as well. Cordero Patterson. They got a lot of names there. The quarterback just has to be a game manager, but they're asking him to be more than a game manager. And that doesn't make sense. So I still think the Falcons win the AFC South, but they're not going to win the AFC South because of Desmond Ritter and Arthur Smith. Steelers at the Rams. Steelers get a a big-time victory here. These two teams are pretty even with the way that I look at them. Uh, But Najee Harris at the game-winning touchdown run. This was three yards out. This made it a 24-17, which was the final score. Pickett steps in, hands it off. Najee into the end zone. Pittsburgh Steelers go-ahead touchdown. The iron horse, Najee, goes into the end zone. Angry man running all day, showing that strength, that power. This is the way that the Steelers are going to win games. Their defense is going to be dominant. You saw TJ Watt with the interception. That really did change the game. And the offense just has to be okay. And that will be a Steeler brand of football where it's not going to win you a Super Bowl. It may not even win you a playoff game, but at least have you in the postseason. And Pickett was fine yesterday. Had 230 yards and a rushing touchdown. George Pickens had five catches for 107 yards. You get Deontay Johnson back too. You just have to be okay on offense. And you'll end up being an you know a 9-10 win team because of how great this defense is, even without Cam Hayward still. But TJ Watt has been sensational right now. He's the defensive player of the year. And that's a tough argument with what Miles Garrett's doing. But I think TJ Watt gets a slight edge. And then on the other side for the Rams, man, Puka Nakua continues to be a wonderful story. Cooper Cup only had like two catches yesterday. Puka Nakua goes for eight catches, 154 yards. Cooper Cup had two for 29. You know, I haven't thought about this until now. It's kind of crazy that Puka Nakua is having this great first season, and he probably won't win Rookie of the Year because it's probably right now going to go to C.J. Stroud. But Puka Nakua has been a stud coming out of BYU. And finally, Chargers and Chiefs. The biggest story in the NFL right now. Will Taylor Swift be at the game? She was yesterday having a special handshake with Brittany Mahomes as well. And you had that creep Jackson Mahomes in the background. They probably shouldn't allow him uh, in that uh, luxury box. But I'm not saying Brittany Mahomes is becoming likable, but it was some good content yesterday featuring Brittany Mahomes. And uh, Travis Kelsey, a national tight ends day. Well, he had 12 catches for 179 yards, a touchdown. And he somehow got in the end zone here without fumbling the football on the shovel pass. Listen up. They're going to fake a handoff. Now they're going to go on a pass inside and dragging into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. And the Chiefs get the touchdown with a little bit of a formation trickery. And Kelsey, who lined up in the backfield, just ducked inside and was able to drag 
three Chargers almost lost the ball yeah. as he had the ball up above his helmet, <laughs> and the Chargers were trying to rip it out. Now, I don't know how he got in the end zone. That was crazy without fumbling the football. So there's two stories here. The Chiefs are the best team in the NFL, and they still even haven't played their best brand of football. It's crazy. The two teams that got to the Super Bowl last year both only have a loss apiece, and they still even haven't played the best way that they're capable of. So that's scary for the rest of the NFL, as we could be on a collision course. You know, World Series, we'll see if that happens. Arizona's just hitting two home runs. They're up 2-0 against the Phillies in this game six. But we could be on a collision course for a rematch of the World Series with the Phillies and the Astros. In the NFL, we may see a collision course rematch of a Super Bowl with the Chiefs and the Eagles on the other side, the Chargers. What else do you need to see from Brandon Staley? This guy, through the first seven weeks of the season, has two wins, and they're up against the Raiders and the Vikings, who both stink. I would fire him today. There's no need to continue this. Put him out of his misery and just move on and see if you can salvage this roster that's loaded with talent, but just a team that never shows up for their head coach. That's your Week 7 No Huddle Offense. It is Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, this is Howie. And this is Nick. From the Thunder Factory Boys. And you're listening to the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. And guess what? Zach is back. All right. He's live. He's nationwide on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Zach Gelb Show. We'll get to our Ask the Pros question of the day in just a second. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. This is a Monday edition of the Zach Gelb Show. But we have to direct our attention to Jay in Alaska, who is on the line with this right now. I have not heard from much of Jay throughout this season, who's a big-time Raiders fan. And I know Jay is always crazy about his favorite football team. So I was starting to get worried about where the heck Jay in Alaska is. And I look to my left and I see Jay in Alaska has popped up on the board. I would ask Jay how he's doing, but I know the answer to that question because the Raiders stink, but I'll say it anyway. Jay, what's going on, my friend? Hey, join me. Golf clap for Mr. Josh McClown, boy. You just (laughs) sealed your fate as the biggest loser in football history as a coach and you just sealed your fate as a loser who's going to get fired they should kick his butt out the door throw the bag out behind him with his boy Ziegs just kick him to the curb don't even call him a cab I mean you start Hoyer the destroyer are you freaking kidding me the only thing that does is destroy any chance of winning the game I mean they should have went with AOC from the get-go you know, they, they brought in the crystal chandelier that is Jimmy G. And then you bring in Hoyer the Destroyer. What a bunch of idiots. He is such a clown. I, 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 the only thing that was good about yesterday's loss was he has sealed his fate as the worst coach in the NFL, and he's going to get fired. Yeah, here's, here's the only thing, though, Jay, where you may be wrong about, is Mark Davis had to pay off Gruden in that settlement. And you're basically then paying three coaches and two clearly aren't coaching the team. McDaniels is incompetent. McDaniels is terrible. But since this is only year two, even though it feels like it's year eight, if you're a Raiders fan, <laughs> he may get yeah. another season. And you know that could be true without cheap Mark Davis's. 
Well, you know what makes me mad, Zach, is you know, uh, you know me. I'm 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 an analytical mind when it comes to football because I've coached. When you're they're they're talking about how Aiden O'Connell, you know, he had a, a shaky game against the Chargers. He was driving them for the win. They're on the three yard line. And McClown Boy calls a pass yeah. play. Should have ran you it with Josh Jacobs. Mc... Yep. You have Josh Jacobs. <laughs> yeah. Run it in the end zone, and a game is tied, and you have a chance to go win the game. Now, no, now, now Jay, let, let's also call. be fair. Jay, Jay, you're not wrong, but just going back to the game yesterday, bad look for Devontae Adams, who should be annoyed that he only had two catches a few weeks ago. But when you had that fade and Hoyer makes somewhat of a decent throw – Adams has to catch yeah. that football yesterday. But this team well, is a, you know this team's a mess. This team was 3 and 3 before yesterday and I'm like, wow, they could actually be 4 and 3 and then the world gets humbled and the world gets reminded that your Raiders just stink. Dude, I I think honestly, I watched uh, the game yesterday. I saw a couple plays where it looked like Max Crosby had a chance to run down the quarterback and he just stopped running. I think the whole team has absolutely 100% given up on Josh McDaniels. I really do. I think they don't want to play for the guy. They are not going to run through a wall for him. They don't care. And they know that they suck and they have no chance of winning. So they're, they make a business decision. Why, why exert myself for nothing? And I think that's what Devonte did. Why kill myself for a, a team that's not going to win? Well, Jay, I appreciate the time. Uh, thanks so much for uh, calling us as always. I always love a fiery Jay in Alaska on the Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. I'm not going to say that the players are checking out when they're on the field, but that is a bad environment with the Raiders. They didn't reward Josh Jacobs. Now, Jacobs, right, is in and out of the lineup. Devontae Adams made it clear from the start, and he tried to put the toothpaste back in the tube because he realized he revealed too much publicly and his uh, real feelings of this regime showed this offseason. There's just no positivity here. There's nothing. And, and getting rid of Derek Carr, I had no problem with. But who you replace Derek Carr with, with Jimmy Garoppolo, is so underwhelming. And Samter, I'm starting to get really concerned here about what the Raiders are doing to people that we work with. And then to also our fans. Like, Jay in Alaska sounds as miserable as possible. And Stu, where the heck is Stu today? Did he call out sick because he was that embarrassed to be a Raiders fan and was that disappointed with what his Raiders did? Because I woke up today and I got a message from our bosses that he got boiled today. And I'm like, what the heck happened to Stu? You know, nothing against Pat. We love Pat. But Stu is out today, and I think he has a little Raider flu. It's certainly a possibility, but Stu, like me with the Jets, has been through so much worse than what he's going through right now with the Raiders that I'd be surprised if this was the moment that broke him. Well, Stu did text me today. Uh Uh-oh, what did he say? He goes, just want to let you know, not going to be in today. I think they may have already told you. I blame the Raiders or his girlfriend for why he's not in work today. Oh, interesting. The fact that Mm -hmm. he threw the or in there. Well, he he made it clear that his girlfriend's been a little bit under the weather the last few days. But he 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 said the Raiders first. So I think he wanted to throw the Raiders under the bus and then try to just throw in the girlfriend and at the end of the conversation. Yeah, I think the Raiders probably weakened his immune system and yeah. the girlfriend actually got the final blow in there. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that just doesn't sound right. Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> Pat Boyle. Pat Boyle has a, a twisted mind like me. He thought the same thing as well. I'm sure many of our listeners are in the same boat as you guys. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I, I would say, Boyle, do you care to comment? But I, I feel like you give a, ma- a mouse a cookie, he wants a glass of milk, and I just don't trust that Boyle will be able to uh, keep what Boyle wants to say 
uh, in his system. <laughs> so I am just going to prevent from turning over the baton to Pat Boyle because I want to make sure the final three minutes go as great as they can so I don't get any calls from management saying, what the heck are you trying to do? How are you trying to sink this ship here on CBS Sports Radio? So anyway, it's time to answer Ask the Pros question of the day, and it's brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You could submit a question by tweeting at CBS Sports Radio, at Zach Gelb, using the hashtag AskThePros. Mike in Minneapolis says, Zach, with the Vikings playing tonight, do you think this is the final season for Kirk Cousins with Skull Nation? Uh, you could think O'Reilly Auto Parts for your car care needs, get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. I think so. Um, remember, the Vikings were supposed to regress this year. We didn't think the Viking ship would capsize, but that's what transpired now. You have your first-round pick, so utilize that first-round pick with the head coach who's just going to be wrapping up year number two in uh, Kevin O'Connell. You also have a new GM as well, second year in, in Kwesi Adolfa Mensa. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. It's going to be tough to replace Kirk Cousins, but he's not a great quarterback. He's not a guy that you look at and say, that's our franchise quarterback. I believe in him in the big game, and he's going to carry us and get us to a Super Bowl. So there's a chance he's back, but if they continue to be as bad as it looks like they're going to be, and they're picking in the top five, they're picking in the top ten, I have a tough time seeing this regime not going out and getting whoever it is, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Shador Sanders, uh, the LSU quarterback, and Daniels. Uh, if it's, you know, you go through all the names, uh, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, whoever that guy is that emerges, whoever the four or five guys that emerge to make up the first-round quarterbacks, I'd be really surprised if the Minnesota Vikings don't find a way uh, to draft one of those quarterbacks this year. And then you usher in this new era where you still have Addison, you still got Justin Jefferson. Like, you got pieces to work with. You got to pay Jefferson. You got to fix that defense. But on offense, you need a new signal caller, and they'll get one this offseason, most likely through the draft. Uh, we'll see who plays tonight for the 49ers. Uh, we'll see if McCaffrey does play. Debo is not going to play. Also, how healthy these guys are going to be. I expect there to be a lot of points tonight. I do not like the line here. San Francisco laying seven. Don't like it either way. So uh, my bet on this game, if I had to make one, I think there'll be some points tonight. Um, I would take the over of 43 and a half, even if this could be a sloppy game. Boyle, what's your bet on this game? I know you like to post your bets all the time on uh, the good old cesspool of Twitter or X, whatever we call it these days. San Francisco, uh, uh, seven-point favorite over under 43 and a half. I like the over of 43 and a half. Yeah, I actually uh, am the opposite. One, as a spread, if you're going to take anything, I would take San Francisco. I just don't know how you can bet Minnesota, even without yeah. Trent Williams, even without Debo Samuel. The 49ers defense, I think, is what stands up tonight. So if you don't like the spread on its own, I would go teaser, Niners money line, get a couple points up, and take like under 49 and a half. All righty, there you go. That wraps up a Monday edition of the Zach Gelb Show. Big thanks to Michael Samter. Big thanks to Pat Boyle, each and every one of you, for calling, listening, and tweeting, also interacting in our always fun YouTube chat where we stream live each and every day. Just make sure you check out our CBS Sports Radio page on YouTube, and you can find us. And we'll be back tomorrow. Robert Ori will join us. We'll recap the game and also talk about all the latest at Michigan. We out. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.